and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising and small business in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things small business and franchising in the local area, and it's a great place for any entrepreneur or entrepreneurial-minded individual to stop by if they want to learn more about the franchising industry. Now, a common theme in our episodes is giving back, right? Entrepreneurs who are making a difference in giving back. And that's a great segue into our guest today, who is also going to be the beneficiary of our year-end fundraiser this year. And that is one J.D. King with Deaf Child Hope International. Thanks for joining us, J.D. So good to be here. Yeah. Thanks. Now let me say that again the proper way. Deaf Child Hope International. <laughs> there we go. Deaf <laughs> I nailed everything until yeah. I got to the name yeah. of the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to have you here. I really appreciate it. And uh, I've been admiring the work that you do, as you know, for a number of years and feel very privileged that we've been able to start working together very closely on this fundraiser that we're doing together for Deaf Child Hope. We're couple months or less than a month away or no just a little bit over a month away close yeah yeah yeah. so by the time most people listen to this it may have happened but the important thing is deaf child hope international will still be there you founded it back in 2010 right yep yep so 13 years in you are you're an entrepreneur with a charitable bent Right, you took a that's, risk. That's well said. I've I've thought about that before. Yeah, yeah. So, what inspired you? Like, that's a that's a huge risk. You're starting a global charity out of Omaha, Nebraska. Never ran a charity before that, right? Well, I'd been um, like the business business manager of a medium sized charity before. Okay, so I'd been mm-hmm. in. You know, involved in some other charities, but not, you know, never started one for sure. So, yeah. What was the inspiration? Tell us a little about that, if you would. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so we do, first off, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Of course. Um, the inspiration is my dad worked with deaf people for 40 years. So I had been around deaf culture. And I was introduced to some children that were adopted from Liberia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's actually a little bit of a longer story, but I was, I was made aware of the challenges that deaf children face in developing countries. And at the time... It was more of a aha moment. I'd never thought of that myself. And it wasn't like, oh, I got to start a nonprofit immediately. It wasn't, you know, it didn't happen overnight. And I just kind of gradually learned more and more about first, you know, first their challenges, their plight, the, the things that they're up against to, to just survive. And then I was introduced to the scope of the issue that there's 25 million deaf children in developing countries in poverty. 
and I just couldn't shake the need. And then I started talking with a few other people that knew what they were talking about and started researching the need. And we just, you know, we and I, you know, there was a few others that um, got involved from the beginning. Um, we decided to go for it. And the first four or five years, I volunteered all my time. So it wasn't like some um, entrepreneurs today that maybe they're looking for a full, you know, they're they're completely diving in and expecting a, a to to support a family or something from the get go. It was it was a little more. I think this is a good idea. I think there's the need is large enough that something needs to be done. So let's start taking steps to see if we can make a difference and one thing led to another and um here we are 13 years into it and i'm full-time now so um it's been it's been quite the journey and the adventure i think any entrepreneur would say it's an adventure for sure and right so yeah that's kind of the story and today what do you do what's what's the impact that you make at deaf child hope international well, we, um, again, our, our laser focus is deaf children in poverty. And like I say, often most people do not think about deaf children in poverty. It's like how many people in their daily life are even aware that deaf children in poverty struggle, right? And so one of our, one of our initiatives from the very beginning was to simply raise awareness and educate people that this is a big deal. How would you like to be deaf, not have a parent that really cares for you in, you know, out on the streets, no language at all. Half of deaf children in poverty have no language at all. They don't even know sign language because there's not been anybody there to teach them, right? So we have a the way we try to provide hope is through a sponsorship program and so we um, have partnerships around the world with places schools orphanages and things that serve deaf children and we even operate we fully operate an orphanage in kenya and um, we get those children sponsored some of them are just coming off the streets and the sponsorship of financial revenue stream is really what that is from a, a, deaf, a deaf child sponsor, provides the necessary things such as sometimes it's just food and clothing and shelter is what the deaf child needs to start, right? Then uh, that, that revenue stream can provide giving them a language, uh, which if sometimes deaf children for the very first time um, learn a language, they learn sign language, they learn that there is a language that they can understand through their eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Then um, just having somebody in their world that that um, cares for them, so that, you know, is telling them, hey, you do have value, you are worth something, even though you're deaf and struggle with language, you, you are worth educating and you're worth the time it takes to educate you. And um, so it's through that sponsorship program. Uh, we do other things. We raise resources for medical care for deaf children. 
Uh, like I said, we fully operate an orphanage in Kenya that's really quite, we got 28 orphans there. So we've, we've done a lot there um, with a new well, new buildings, things of that nature. But, so that's, that's what we do. You know, we focus on um, getting these deaf children sponsored. We currently have 257 deaf children sponsored in 11 countries. So that's kind of where we're at. Our goal is bigger than that. 257. Yeah. Our vision is to reach as many of these deaf children as possible. But, you know, every deaf child that is sponsored, it's, you know, it's, it's a special thing to see one deaf child sponsored. So. Yeah. 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 There's got to be some, um, some real high highs and some real low lows doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, totally agree with that. You know, we rely on donations. So, you know, thank you, FranNet, um, that we would be the beneficiary of this party with a purpose, if that's what we're calling it, you know. It is. Um, and um, we we don't get government help or anything. We rely on people to get behind us and cheer us on and uh, fund what we're doing. And it takes a team. We've got a team of, I think we got six part-time people on staff except for me. I'm full-time and got a lot of volunteers. Um, we have people sponsoring children from 39 states of the U.S. So, but I, I, I tell the team, I was just telling them yesterday at staff meeting, in the same day, okay, I can go from super excited about what we're doing and feeling confident in the way things are going to being a little discouraged and doubtful about our you know, our efforts or, you know, and then back up to something will happen and I'll be like, Oh, this is amazing. Things are, we're making a big difference. And then in the same day, you know, like, Oh man, are we really able to do what we want to do? Like we should be, you know, just all, it's like this up and down for sure. Roller coaster. And it's a, it's a mind thing sometimes, but uh, yeah, you know, every day, It feels good to feel like you're making a difference in the lives of some really, you know, some kids that are really struggling. So it's worth it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the reason that we had you on here today was uh, the upcoming fundraiser event that we're doing. But what I'm really interested in hearing is what are your goals? What are you hoping comes out of a fundraiser like this? as far as the benefits to the charity itself and those, um, those kids that gain those 257 kids that gain from it? Well, one of the things that um, there, there's really kind of two arms to what we do. And one is getting the kids sponsored. Right. And so um, as far as the fundraising element of it, we got it, you know, we, believe wholeheartedly that deaf child sponsorship makes a difference 
and is the best way to provide hope to deaf children in poverty because it provides a consistent, you know, support for that deaf child. And um, so our goal is to see as many deaf children sponsored. So we would, we would consider ourselves a sponsorship organization. Ultimately, we do have other things that we do. We lead mission trips to these locations where the deaf children are. We operate fully operate an orphanage, but ultimately we want to see deaf children sponsored. So maybe at this event, some deaf children, maybe some people there would open up yet to the idea of sponsoring a deaf child. And then through that sponsorship, they would be entering, really they enter into a relationship with that deaf child. Um, it might be Uganda, it might be Honduras, it might be Vietnam. You know, we've got deaf children in the Philippines that can be sponsored. And then they can start writing that deaf child um, with correspondence, um, start saying a few little prayers for the deaf child. Um, but ultimately, we also need people to support our organization just to do what we do. Um, we have a lot of, um, it takes a lot to do what we do. Um, we, you know, to have a lot of printing, we have a lot of, uh, just to get the kids sponsored, we go to events. I mm -hmm. speak a fair amount um, at events and churches around the country. And like, I'm going to be in Texas in about a month at down speaking there about Deaf Child Hope. So, you know, just having a group of people that say, hey, we believe in what you're doing um, and get on, get on board financially and help support the organization. So. Inspiring to say the least. It's deafchildhope.org, right? Deafchildhope.org, yep. Mm -hmm. And the event that we're doing, the fundraiser that we're doing is November 10th. For those who are listening to this, before November 10th, 2023, uh, you can find all the information about that and donate directly as part of this campaign to Deaf Child Hope International by going to frannetparty.eventbrite.com. So it's the Eventbrite RSVP page, but it's frannetparty.eventbrite.com. And that will ultimately get you to the exact same donation page if you're willing to donate. Even more importantly, I think JD would agree with me, is donating your awareness, even if you don't donate a penny. Come to the event, learn yeah. more about Deaf Child Hope International, experience what the value is, and then pass the word on. That's even more important than your dollars and cents. Totally so, agree. How, after 13 years of this, I understand that you grew up with it because this was uh, your father's vocation as well. Um, how has building this organization over the last 13 years changed you? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm not asking your wife. I'm I, asking you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm not more irritable because of it. You know, um, <laughs> I would say perseverance is a big word. Um, just waking up every day and doing your best, but recognizing it's not for, for I, I say this a fair amount. I, I think it's a marathon, not a sprint, um, because 
you know, it, it takes a while to put systems in place and raise awareness and get, get, you know, just like what, what you're doing here is amazing. And I appreciate it so much because again, just raising awareness that there are 25 million deaf children in poverty it, that over half don't have language at all. I mean, most people know, didn't know that. Right. Um, but I, I feel like just having the perseverance that, you know, if you just keep at it, um, one, put one foot in front of the other. Uh, one of the other things that my dad actually shared with me is you just can only do the next thing. You can't do the fifth thing from now, you know, so, so figure out what the next, the best next thing is to help your organization, you know, make a bigger impact and, so just perseverance and, um, you know, it, it has been a, a fulfilling thing to see other people get behind what we're doing. So it's humbling in some ways um, because I, it's not just me. It's not, it's a whole team of people right now. And so it's, been very humbling and um, eye-opening that other people care and would get on board. So it's been a, a very um, fulfilling thing to see other people get involved too. So indeed, it's got to be yeah. got to be inspiring to you to see other people get inspired by what you started. Yes, I mean we found. Um, I got a call one day. I should share this. Um, it was a man from the East Coast, and he called, and he, he started asking about what we're doing. And then at the end of the call, he said, do you know who Heather Whitestone is? And I said, yeah, I know who Heather Whitestone is. That's Miss America 1995. And she was the only deaf Miss America. And he said, well, that's my wife. And I said, how cool is that? And so... The only deaf Miss America has gotten involved and encouraged us and done a video for us. And, and that's wow. back to that humbling point, just that if you do the work, if you wake up and put one foot in front of the other and follow through and just do what you feel you can, um, things will happen. And, you know, um, it's been pretty cool. We have sent now, a lot, as of last year, we've sent over a million dollars out to care for deaf children in poverty. Congratulations. And we hit that, we hit that milestone last year and very just humbling again, you know, humbling. And um, so, but if we didn't keep at it and every day, you just do the next thing, if you will. You just do what's in front of you and try to do it the best you can. Things will happen. So, and I would imagine that's true for any any entrepreneur. Really, you know, you wake up, you do, you prioritize, and you just do what's next on your priority list. Try to make sure it's the best thing, and you do it. But you can't do the third or fourth thing. You can only do the next thing, right? So that's kind of been one of my philosophies. You led me right into my next question. Thanks for the transition. Okay. 
<laughs> My question is, because we encounter this all the time in the entrepreneurial world, but if there was one piece of advice you could give to somebody who wants to start a charity or a business or a nonprofit, whatever, you know, Harvard's incorporated, but the goal of that is to make an impact, to make a difference on the lesser fortunate. If there's one piece of advice you could give to folks who aspire to do that, to do what you've done, what might that advice be? Well, that's, um, you're making me think. It's kind of hurting my brain, making me think. Um, I would say it, you, it's got to be a team effort at some level. So start sharing the vision with a few others. Uh, and that's really kind of what I did in the early stages, too, as I started asking others, um, is there is there a need here? What do you think? And so, I mean, I think building a team of people that are like-minded, that would, in, would come alongside and collaborate and with you, because you cannot do it on an island. You know, you just, hmm. from the, from the get go, there were a, a handful of people that I shared this with that said, yes, this, this needs to happen. And that was an encouragement to do the next thing, right? You know, because there were people there. So I'd say building a team and maybe getting that group together, a group of start with one, then two or three, and um, start brainstorming how, what would be the next step. Um, remembering, like, I remember we were going to, you know, we decided this needs to happen, but we didn't have a name. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of franchises, you already have a name, you know, you're, sure. Uh, we didn't have a name. So we had this long list. We, okay, everybody throw out names. What should we name this? Then it was like, well, we got to get our 501c3. Then, okay, what's the next step? Get a check checking account started. What's the next step? Getting a, a system to track donations, you know, and it's just, um, but it, it took a team of people and um I don't think it would happen. I don't think anything of significance would happen without really getting um, a group of like-minded individuals behind you and you start doing it together. So I appreciate the insights. Another question for you. Sure. For the event for the uh, FranNet annual celebration and fundraiser for Deaf Child Hope International as the beneficiary. What would you tell people to expect when it comes to inspiration and knowledge if they come and attend the event? Well, just as of yesterday, I have invited Lance, is his name, who started in this orphanage in Kenya, and he's deaf, and he is going to come and share his experience so we operate this orphanage called Lance's Deaf Orphans. The, the way it turned, the way we uh, acquired the responsibility of the orphanage was Lance, this deaf man who's going to be with us, started it in 2008. And 
was burned out. He was just trying to do it on the side. Um, and he was in Kenya and, and, and met some deaf orphans and felt compassion for them. And that's why he started the orphanage, right? Well, they named the orphanage after him. He didn't name it after himself. So, um, that, but it's, it still has the name Lance's deaf orphans. And we have 28 deaf orphans there. It's a, it's about an acre of land. And those kids are getting a great education. They're getting food. They're getting language. Anyway, Lance um, used to live in Colorado. He now lives in Omaha. And he and his wife are going to be there. And he's going to share just a little bit about how and why he started Lance's Deaf Orphans. And she's going to voice for him. So he will sign and she will voice for him. Uh, we will also show a f just a little bit, maybe of a media, some pictures, some a couple, maybe a story or two of how deaf children maybe, maybe you know try to educate the group there on why this is a big deal, why this is a struggle for a deaf child in poverty. Um, because if you have never been introduced to this before, why would you want to help make a difference if you've never been introduced to it? So. Part of our goal is just to help everybody there understand the plight, if you will, the challenge mm -hmm. that a deaf child struggles with. And then, um, but Lance will help, um, help, help us understand that while he's there. And I might well, that, have a, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a pleasant surprise oh. to me. I knew you had some ideas in mind, but you've just inspired yeah. me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm, ex you know, and, and Lance is actually very sharp. He's a very sharp um, mind. He's actually got a really good personality. Um, again, he's, he's, he's profoundly deaf, which means, you know, he doesn't have any, he's not even hard of hearing. Yeah. And uh, his wife is hearing and she will, she will sign or she will speak for him. When he That's fantastic. Signs and shares with the group. So he just agreed to this actually yesterday. I just finally got the message from him that he's he's going to do it. So, but you know, our goal is to just, you know, help everybody there when they leave. If no, like you said, if nobody gives a penny to Deaf Child Hope through this, you know, we've always kind of felt the good Lord's going to, going to provide. Um, but if, you know, if everybody leaves just with an awareness of this, this need out there that most people never even have heard about. Um, and, you know, we call it giving the voice to the voiceless because they really don't, they have, they have no way to speak. They have no language at all. Um, that, that would be a win for us. If everybody that's there leaves with a, a more thorough understanding of the challenges, what we're trying to do. So. Speaking of challenges, Whenever I'm doing an episode like this, my challenge is having to end it at a certain point. <laughs> you just kind of, you just kind of wrapped it up beautifully for me because you're supposed to end on a high note in all things media, right? And I think you've, you've provided us a, a, a meaningful motivation to be there and make sure that this is a successful event. So again, the event that we're talking about is the year-end celebration and fundraiser, and you find that by going to FranNet Party, that's F-R-A-N-N-E-T, party.eventbrite.com. 
And of course, right there on that page is an opportunity to donate to Deaf Child Hope International. There is no obligation to donate. We ask you to donate your awareness and your understanding and your compassion. If you should choose to donate before, during, or after the event, we greatly appreciate it. But more importantly, donate your awareness and spread the good word about Deaf Child Hope International. J.D., thank you so much for being with us today and for the very pleasant surprise about Lance and his wife attending on November 10th. We appreciate your your continued So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing what you do every day for 13 years. There's a lot of people who talk about it, and there's a Mm. small fraction of very special people who make it happen let alone make it happen for 13 years. So thank you for being you, J.D. Well, thank you for your encouragement. It's It actually means a ton to have people like you encouraging what we're doing. So thank you, thank you. you Good bet. to be here. Good to be with you as well. And thanks to all of you for watching a really special episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Subscribe, follow, and share this episode with anybody that has anything to do with small business or making an impact in the community. Whether they attend the November 10 event or not, we'd love for you to spread the word through sharing this episode. And we do very much look forward to seeing you here again really soon on another episode of the Heart and Franchise Guide. Ahura Media Production.